Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. chapter 1. You want to go there? You're joining us tonight with Facebook Live. Here we are at Grace Life Church in Jimison, Alabama, where Jesus Christ is Lord of all. As Al used to say on the Today Show, in the morning show, he said, and if you're ever in our neck of the woods, drop by. James chapter 1. I'm reading from the Passion tonight, so maybe it'll be more passionate. James chapter 1, verse 1. He says, Greetings, my name's Jacob, and I am a love slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm writing to all the twelve tribes of Israel who have been sown as seeds among the nations. He says, My fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties... Now, I know no one here, no one watching knows that this is back a long time ago when this, things like this used to happen. But he, he says, but if, if you are in a, in a situation that you seem like you're facing nothing but difficulties, see to it or see it as an invaluable opportunity. Take that experience. If you're in that situation, he says, take this as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. You know, we are reading from the Bible tonight, remember? For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. Now, that's what the Bible said. I mean, how many of y'all believe the Bible? That was most of us in here tonight. How about y'all? No, we're all Bible believers, aren't we? So, so as your endurance grows, even stronger and stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there's nothing missing until there's nothing lacking. That means we're whole on every side. So I think James says, we you know when you're facing difficulties, King James says, do what? Count it all joy. That'd be a choice. Now, the reason why he told you to count it all joy when you're facing temptations, testing trials, and all kinds of difficulties, because naturally it's not joy. No, he didn't say it was joy. He said count it as all joy, did he not? And then if you go with me to Romans chapter 15, we'll do a little self-examination. These are some of the things that's connected to joy. Faith, peace. We were talking and we'll be talking about some more. That we were talking about, you know, hope and expectancy and nothing happens for us until we expect it. Hebrews, we won't turn there, but Hebrews 11 one says now, right now, right now, faith is the substance of the very thing that you're hoping for. <clears throat> the evidence of the things not seen. So right now, faith is right now, and it is the substance of things hoped for. Now, faith is not how we receive. Faith is more like a goal setter. It sets the goal. So, but it says it is the but faith is the substance of the thing that you're hoping for. So you have to have a, have a goal, right first, but then you have to have some substance. You have to have something to bring that goal to pass. So it's very important that we have that we have hope in our life. Amen. You know, the father of our faith, Abraham, he found himself in a situation that looked utterly hopeless. You may think you're, you're in a tough situation now and then. God said, you're going to be the father of all. And uh, he says, it's going to come from your own seed. Well, you're telling someone that they're 100 years old. You know, well, they told them that before that. It was 20-something years. They were trying to wrap it around. They're thinking, how's that going to happen? How's that going to happen? So... It's not that it took 20-something years to get, you know, for God to do it. It may take 20-something years for them to wrap their, their, their mind around it. And then, and then uh, the problem was they had their mind around it, so they had to get it into their heart. Because Hebrews 11 says, Sarah could see when she judged God faithful. Well, God was just as faithful when he made the promise 20 years before as when Isaac came 20-something years later. But uh, we won't turn here either, but Romans chapter 4 said, When everything seemed hopeless... So over two decades went by with the promise, 
And here they were. They weren't younger. They weren't getting younger and younger. They were getting older and older. And I'm talking about this promise God had given them. Uh, it was growing a beard. It needed a shave. It didn't have a five o'clock shadow. It, had, it, it was way beyond shadow. And so the, uh, they had this promise. And uh, that's all that they needed. And that's all that we need is we just need the promise. We just need to know what the promise is and how does it apply to us. And so he said, when Abraham seemed to be hopeless, he hoped in hope. You ever hoped in your own hopes? So <clears throat> I think I was talking about this the other day. People say, don't get your hopes up. And I think that they're, you know, they're trying to, they don't understand. They want to, they, want, they mean it well, probably. Most people mean that well. They said, just don't get your hopes too high. When, you know, what, what good is low hopes? Well, <clears throat> we need to go to the Word of God and get our hopes real high. Because faith is the substance that the goal setter hope says. I think it's Charles Capps, you know, he likened the, the AC of the heat unit and the thermostat on the wall. He said, the thermostat on the wall is the goal setter. He said, it has no power you know, to make the room hot nor cold. But you go in there and you put in the information and say, well, you know, we're cold. We want some heat or we're hot. We want some air. Well, you just, you, you send that information. It, it sets the goal and it goes either up on the roof or outside wherever the, the unit is. And the goal setter talks to Mr. Faith out there and says, Hey, they're cold. They want some heat. So it doesn't have the power to do it, but it's hooked up to the power. And so your, your, your faith and your hope, they're partners. So if you don't have, if you don't have any goals, you don't have any desires, you don't have any dreams, you don't have any substance for your faith to put, uh, or to put substance into. So, uh, Romans, uh, 15, 13 kind of gives us an examination to see where we are in all this. This is, and I'm reading from the new, uh, the passion once again it says, now may God, the inspiration, God is the inspiration. He's the fountain of your hope. Will he fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust him? And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with superabundance until you radiate with hope. That's a real negative verse, isn't it? Does that sound like a negative verse? Listen to this. He says, now, right, see, there it is again, right now. May God, the inspiration, and he is the fountain of your hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy. So what's uncontainable? Well, it's not too, we, we can answer that in the same word. Can't contain it, can you? That's just too much. So when God gets involved, he gets, in, he gets involved in too much way. So he's not going to give us a little bit of joy, is he? He wants to give you uncontainable joy and perfect peace as we're trusting in him. Notice how your trust is hooked into all this. <clears throat> and so, but here we have the part, it says we have a partner and may the power of the Holy Spirit, he's going to continually surround your life. That means you're never alone. This is not something you're bringing to pass. He's surrounded with your life and he's doing it with super abundance until you radiate with hope. Wow, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> So I put me some things down here today, and uh, we're just going to, you won't have to turn to all these, but if you, might, if you want to look them up a little bit later or, or have them uh, to where you can look at them, always helps to have some notes to go back because you'll say, trying to remember what was said there. Boy, I sure could use that today. I think Mr. Bill told me years ago, he said, uh, he has this whole library of notes he's been taking for years. He says, some, uh, and, uh, if I get this wrong, he'll straighten me out later on. But he says, when I get in a situation, he said, I kind of go back into my archives and I'll pull these notes out and said, this is what I'm going to do. And he said, does it work, Mr. Bill, to do that? You go back and you go in your notes and your archives. It might be something that was ministered 10 years ago. But how many know the word doesn't get old? It's just as, it's just as up to date as it, it's ever going to be. And he just goes in there and he just goes back and does, you know, just goes back and takes them old notes. Something might have been preached 20 years ago. Go back and says, well, I'm just going to apply it today. You know, well, it, it works. How many of y'all ate ice cream 10 years ago? 20 years ago. You ever dabble with it now? Oh, you, you, you still fool with it every now and then? We'll see that. There it is. So <clears throat> let's talk about the, cert the certainty. Say that with me. The certainty of joy. I'm going to say it this way. The level, of your, the level of your faith right now, sitting in that chair where you're sitting, wherever you are listening, the level of your faith is connected 
to the level of your joy. The level of your faith is exactly parallel right now where your joy is. Now, I don't know if that makes you happy or you're, or you're saying, oh, me or oh, my. But that's where we are. Your, your faith is not working any greater than your joy. How about that? Well, <clears throat> we won't turn there, but Psalms 511, he says, but let all those who put their trust in you. Anybody got their trust in the Lord? Well, he said, if you do, go ahead and rejoice. Why would he tell you to do that? Because everything's going to be all right. Psalms 13.5 said, he said, I trusted Lord in your mercy and my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. The ENL, the ENLV New Living says, I have trusted in your loving kindness. He's a God is a loving God and he's kind in him. He says, I, so I've trusted in your loving kindness and my heart will be full of joy because you have saved me. Then Psalms 33, 21 says, for your heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. So we, we need to have a happy heart tonight. We, we have every reason in the world. I'm telling you, there's no one on the face of the earth has more reason to be happier than, than, than believers. Huh? There's no one in the world. You know, people ought to be asking us sometimes who doesn't know us to say, are, are you on something? Are you taking something to make you happy? You say, I sure am. I take it all the time. I say, well, I, I don't smell anything on your breath. Huh? Well, we, we stay on it all the time, don't we? Does the, does the Holy Spirit sleep? Well, he's the spirit of joy. <laughs> you know, while you're sleeping at night, your body's resting. The Holy Spirit may be just doing, he may be doing somersaults. Huh? Isn't it good to know that he never sleeps? We used to talk about that on the way to church. And uh, we was talking with Lexi about that, and we was talking about heaven. And she says, so, so we're not ever going to need to sleep. I says, never. She said, I'm never going to have to go to bed, take a nap, go early. I said, no. And she says, and I'll be able just to be wherever I want to be. I says, yeah, but you just think it, you'll be there. You won't have a flesh and bone body. You'll just be like Jesus when he came back from the dead and he just walked through the walls. And, and I, I'll, I'll be in my mansion. And I'll say, I think I'm going to go see Lexi. And I'll say, I'll be right there and say, I caught you. And, uh, you know, I, how many know all things are possible? So I believe, in, I believe every day in heaven, this is just my thing, my thing. Every day in heaven for eternity, God's going to make one new flavor of ice cream. If y'all want to come over, I was going to say before the sun goes down, but the sun ain't going down, so it's not ever going to be night. Can you imagine not ever needing to sleep? Some people say, well, I don't sound, some people say, that don't sound good to me. I love, I love to sleep. Well, you won't when you get there because you won't want to miss anything. Huh? <clears throat> I mean, you, you won't even seen, you know, 50 foot of heaven in the first 10 billion years. So you, 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 you got to stay awake. Amen. Now, um, Proverbs 1620 says, whoever is trusting in the Lord. Now, let me remind you again, we're reading from the Bible tonight, the B-I-B-L-E, that, that's the book for me. I stand upon the word of God, the what? The B-I-B-L-E. So this is what the Bible says. Proverbs 1620 says, whoever's trusting in the Lord, happy is he. Now, we're doing a self-examination, you see. Remember out of Romans 15? So how's your joy level and how's your peace level? That's exactly where your faith is right now. What is, is anything stressing you out? You got something about to happen in your life that you're all concerned about, you're worried about, you're stressed out about? You're in some type of crisis or situation or transition in life? Look, we, we've been transitioning ever since we came in the world and said, it's a boy, it's a girl. We come in this place screaming. <laughs> crying and kicking and squalling and bawling. We've been concerned about things ever since we've been, we was born. You know, just think about the first time you don't go to school. You know, whether it was daycare or it was kindergarten. Or how about, <clears throat> can you ever been in grade school? And uh, when does it start? Uh, used to, for us, it started in the fifth grade when you start changing classes. I don't know when it is now. But for us, it was fifth grade. Instead of just having one teacher all day, you had a lot of them. And I thought that was good because if you got stuck with a bad one, you only had her an hour. You know, see, so the, the percentages is you might get one or two good ones during the day. And uh, But what had me all stressed out about that was 
was, you know, knowing where to go the next hour. And then we had something we never had before called a locker. Y'all remember that day when you when they gave you a locker? And then you had this, you, you had your little uh, lock on it. And if it wasn't a key, you know, it was the three numbers. How, how do you remember that kind of word? You just a little bit. And thinking, am I going to be able to do that? And, you know, you're practicing at home. You're practicing. You think you got it down. And you go to school the first day. The bell rings. And you're like, okay, uh, first class down here. Got to get to the, got to get this. Get in the, get in the hallway. And, oh, it was just, it was so stressful. So stressful. Y'all, y'all identify? How many of y'all worry about that today? But, oh, no, you forgot about that. <clears throat> but how I many, that, that was a transition. And so we did that. <clears throat> but I, but I thought that's a lot better than carrying this, uh, you know, this backpack. I'm back all day long, going back and forth. Don't have to do that anymore. So you're going to be in transition all the time in your life, all the time. Maybe from from one job to another, and uh, whatever it is. But you know, he's already went before us. The path of the of the just is as a shiny light. It says, "The path you're the just, and your path is shining." He said, "It's getting brighter and brighter." Amen. So, the, so Proverbs sixteen twenty in the New Living says, "Those who are trusting in the Lord, they'll be joyful." So we're going to be able to pick you out really good tonight. Won't be any problem finding out who's trusting in the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm just going down through here, so y'all, y'all listen up good. Philippians one twenty five says, Paul said, "I know that I shall abide and shall continue with you for your further." Or, or he said, "I'm going to stay here and I'm going to abide with you for your furtherance." And, and for the joy of faith. So he says, it'd be better for me that I go and depart, to, you know, to be absent from the body. He says, to be present with the Lord. He said, it'd be better for you, though, if I stay. He said, for the furtherance of the joy of faith. So faith has joy. Does it not? Amen. Y'all try to say amen every now and then. Praise the Lord. That's right. The message says, as your growth and joy in this life of trusting God continues. So notice that. That's part of that verse. As your growth and joy in this life of trusting God will continue. So this is not something one time. It just continues on and on and on. Amen. Well, uh, you can look these verses up later, but uh, Romans 10, 17 and Jeremiah 15, 16 tells us that our joy comes from God. It comes from the word. That's where it originates. And uh, I think Jeremiah says, he said, Jeremiah said, I, I see it more necessary to eat this word than I do, than I do eat food. Wow. And, uh, <clears throat> and we know Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God one time. No, we, you know, we don't hardly ever do anything one time, do we? How many of y'all had a bath one time? Burst your teeth one time? Tell me you did it again. Tell me you're going to do it again. How many of y'all used deodorant before? Tell me you please tell me you're going to do it again. Amen. Because you can't come to this church if you don't. Because we believe in raising our hands. <laughs> then you'll see the sheep scatter. Praise the Lord. How many of y'all ever ate, uh, ate before? You know, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. How many plan on doing that again? So we, we everything we do is continue. How many... You know, life is just about continuing. Everyone there ever had to trim their nails? Fingernails, toenails? How many of you ever cut the grass and you couldn't believe it? It grew back. Trimmed the hedges and there, there it went again. Your wife went to the salon and got a permanent. And you found out it was a temporary because she went back three months later and got another permanent. I said, I said, you got four temporaries this year. I don't know why they call it permanents. Never have figured that out. That was just to make us think we was going to have to spend $50, maybe 150 by now. I don't know what it is, but <clears throat> we thought we was getting all cheap. And that's why they just told it was going to be permanent. You know, the, you don't know all the stuff when you're young and you get married. They told me that two could live cheaper than one. Are you crazy? <laughs> I mean, just ride around McDonald's and see if that's true. <laughs> is one combo cheaper than two? Yes. If two people squeeze the toothpaste every day, does it? <laughs> Which one lasts longer? If you want one piece of toast and she does two, does bread get gone? Who told us that two live cheaper than one? 
See, that was some guy who just wanted them, that, that, that kid of his to get married, and so he quit paying the bill. I guess I don't know what it was. So joy really is the flowing expression of our faith in God. That's what it is. And you don't have to do it for anybody else, but it's the byproduct. You say, well, I'm not trying to put anything on. Well, sometimes you may have to put it on because your mind is telling a whole other story. If you're living in a natural world, you, your, your mind is telling you a whole different story. Your mind told you tonight, you're too tired to go. You work too hard. You're, you know, we, you don't have to take the night off. You got things to do. You need your rest. Right? That ever happened to you? It's happened to me and I'm the pastor here. <laughs> it happens to me all the time. I thought, oh, I can't do that. I'm, I'm, I'm the pastor. <laughs> <clears throat> so I can't use this, you know, excuses that most people use. Amen. It's just that I've never been sick in 25 years, Harley. Or didn't feel good. Hmm. You know, I've been to a Talladega race. The problem I have with that is they have it on Sundays. You ever notice that? I've only been to one when I was in my 20s. Um, it was kind of fun, but. I was glad to I was glad to be gone for that place. You ever went to a, a race like that? Boy, it's loud, 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 loud. <clears throat> but uh, you know, I know it sounds terrible to say this, but when there's wrecks, it's exciting. <laughs> you know, when you see three cars in the air at 180 miles an hour, it's something to see. Amen. Not not people get hurt. Just you know, it's just or you you just have to be a guy. I guess I don't know. <clears throat> now get this right here. The more certain that you are, we're talking about the certainty of faith. So the more certain that you, that you are that you're going to win, the more joyful you'll become. How certain are you? How many, how many are not just persuaded, but you're fully persuaded? Well, we don't start off fully persuaded. Because when you start off to be persuaded, the enemy comes to sow the, his seed immediately so that you don't get to the full side. He wants to pull you back down to the empty side. He don't want you getting 30 miles to a gallon. He doesn't want you to get one mile to a gallon. He, he, he wants to keep you out, you know, like the horse. They won't open the gate and the bell rings. You, you're like, but I, I, I'm supposed to, they're on their third round and I feel like I'm still in the gate. Hmm? Good thing we didn't put no money on that, on that dude. Well, the more certain that I am, how this thing's going to turn out, hmm, the more joyful I'm going to become. Because faith is connected with your joy. Amen. Hope is connected with your faith. So faith in God, faith in God and faith in His Word is the very, really is the origin of your joy. If you don't have any joy, it's because you're just not, you're not in the Word. You're not seeing what God had to say about it. Because this is a place that joy flows. <clears throat> you know this verse, Philippians 4.19. It's believing that, that my God has supplied all my needs according to his riches and glory. How many of them? All of them. You know, some people said, you know, you know, God ain't got time to be dealing with all my stuff. <clears throat> well, he may not because I, because I gave him a lot to do because I gave him all mine. All mine. I've had so many people tell me through the years, they say, oh, I know it's tough pastoring. You know, they say, you got the, you got the load of all the people. They said, how many people you got? I said, I don't have any people. I don't own one person. How many of y'all own, own somebody? I, I said, they said, well, yeah, you, you got all that. I said, no, I, I, I don't even own myself. Right? Paul said that we don't even belong to ourselves. Praise the Lord. So I, if I don't own me, I know I don't own you. Hmm? See, if you want to own them, it's like, kind of like having kids. It's easy to have kids. I don't know what it is, but, but yeah, I mean, even when I was having kids, they would say, you know, to raise a, a boy, I don't know if this included college. I don't think it did. It was like 170 or 80,000. This was years, two decades ago, 170, 80,000 for a male and like 240,000 for a female. It's not, no, of course it's not college. So this, this is just to get to high school. This is because I found out that when you had children, they want to eat every day. 
I try to space them out on, you know, so you lead on the odd days and you lead on the even days. <laughs> but they wanted all the time. <clears throat> well, my God has supplied all my need, but it's according to whose riches? His riches. Well, now he's okay. Did you know that God's got more money than Donald Trump and Bill Gates put together? Well, I, I should, I, I better go check that. I, I just said that. <laughs> but I, I think, I think God would be the richest person in the earth. I think he would be. How many of y'all think he would be? He's so rich, he's never put Jesus on strike or laid him off. Whether, whether we had a Democrat or Republican in office, it, it hadn't affected God's economy at all. See, see, we think a lot, a lot of times just like the earth. And, uh, maybe I shouldn't tell this, but it, it's still funny because, you know, <clears throat> I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, my mother said, uh, um, it was the first Christ, the first Thanksgiving after dad passed and she says, she says, wonder what your dad's having today for Thanksgiving. Wonder what they're having. And I said, for what? She said, Thanksgiving. I said, Dad? She said, yeah, wonder what they're having for Thanksgiving Day. I said, I don't think it's Thanksgiving today. She said, well, today's Thanksgiving. I said, yeah, Mom, but heaven's not United States. I don't think they're celebrating Columbus discovering some Indians. The white man didn't discover this place. I mean, there's people here. There's white man been trying to take people's stuff ever since they were born. I mean, it's just like, really? Go get your own stuff. Do your own work. <laughs> My gosh. And I said, so it, it kind of depressed you. I said, now, you know, they're in Thanksgiving mode all the time. So they don't have to wait, you know, once, once twice a year to get dressing. And uh, so I think she was kind of discouraged. I said, no, don't, don't be discouraged. I said, but I just don't think that God's going to, you know, the focus is going to come off God and, and, and we're going to put it on, on an American holiday. She says, you know, you might be right. I said, I am right. I am right. So I probably should have just left her alone. I said, ham or something like that, you know. <laughs> Pecan pie like you've never tasted in your life. She'd have been happy with me. But I wouldn't mess that up. So... <clears throat> So without faith, but you do have faith, right? Without faith, joy has nothing to flow out of. Without faith, your joy has nothing to flow out of. No place from which to come. You got to have the joy of the Lord. So uh, once again, Romans 15, 13, it says the joy is in the believing and joy flows from the believing. Okay. Your joy is expressing your faith. What's your expression sound like tonight? What does it look like? Joy says that you're certain about this thing. That's what, that's what Joshua chapter 1 is. He said, meditate in the word of night. And then he says, be, be strong and be courageous. In other words, you couldn't be strong and you couldn't be courageous, Joshua, if you don't meditate the word. So we, we see this is going into the word God's word that developed Joshua's confidence and courage as he was going in a transition to go into a promised land after he's seen millions of people die in the desert and Moses is not going to go with him over there. He was a little concerned about that and God gave him just simple instruction. He said, just meditate in the same word that Moses did. Just do what I tell you to do. Meditate this. He says, don't let it depart from you. Keep it in front of you. Let it keep it coming in your eyes. Let it go in you. Let it come out of your mouth. And he says, and go over there and possess what I've already given you. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> now, let me say this. So well, I'll back up. So so um, the more certain we said, the more certain that you are about you're going to win, the more joyful you become. Right Amen. now, here's here's the reciprocal of that. Sorrow. Y'all know what sorrow is? I didn't say sorry. Like, you know, there's just sorry. No, no. Having sorrow is an overflowing expression of unbelief. Someone who's always in a place of sorrow, it's expressing something also, but it's just called unbelief. It's not called faith. I know in 
Uh, we won't go there, but Luke chapter 8, verses 50 and 52. This is the story of Jairus, whose daughter, when he left home, was dying. and got to Jesus and said, my, my daughter's dying, but I know if you'll come, she'll live. And Jesus said, let's go. Jesus didn't say, well, it's not, I don't know if it's God's will. And I, I don't have any note on, on in, in the uh, Christian stores. You know, it's closed today. No. He just says, my daughter's dying. Will you help me? And Jesus says, sure will. I'll sure go with you. But they got delayed, didn't they? Because they ran into another situation where the woman with issued blood took a while. So they came to him, Jairus. They came from Jairus' house. And after the woman got healed, and that took a while, and they said, don't, no need to trouble the rabbi, the teacher any longer, so your, your daughter passed. And Jesus just turned right around. He says, he says, he says, just believe. Only believe. Just don't, don't stop. You said if I would come to your house, she'd live. Let's go. Huh? He says, just believe. They said she's dead. Don't trouble him anymore. He says, just, 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 just believe. He said, you said if I'd come, anything would be okay. Let's go. I'm still coming. Hallelujah. See, sorrow is the overflowing expression of unbelief. You can't get a, you can't get a worse testimony than that. You can't get any more critical information than that. Well, so Jesus gets there, and uh, first thing he does is he puts everybody out of the house. Sometimes you got to do that. I think he took in Peter, James, and John, and he took in the girl's parents. And he said, then he asked the people, and uh, there was a lot of weeping and wailing. If you want, I'm sure you read the story. If not, you can go back and read it. And um, I was reading today in Luke chapter eight, Luke's. Um, in the Gospel of Luke, and of course they were they were there, they were weeping and they were wailing, and they were crying. And Jesus said to him, He says, "Why do you weep? Why do you wail?" He says, "She's not dead." He says, "She, you know, <laughs> she's just asleep." Well, just let me tell you, she was Alabama dead. You know, dead. I mean, as in not breathing, gone. It's like um, David told us when he come ministered from um, what's David's last name. Dixon, yeah. Boy, he's something. He said, uh, boy, a true evangelist. He says, <clears throat> we went to go eat lunch one day, and he said, uh, he said, Eric, what y'all, what y'all called over here when someone has an accident and they, they, the ambulance comes and picks him up and they, uh, he said, they, they die on, in transit. I said, uh, DOA dead on arrival. He said, not Mississippi. That's where he's from. He said, we have a lot of folks over here who don't pay any attention on the roads. And, and he said, they get run over by trains. And I said, he said, we don't call it what y'all call it in Alabama. He said, we're like a third world country where I live in Mississippi. I said, you are? I said, well, what do y'all call it? He said, we don't, y'all call it DOA. We call it DRT. I said, what's the DRT? He said, dead right there. <laughs> dead right there. <laughs> Not on arrival. So if you get hit by a Mississippi train, you know, it, it's right there. It's all over right there. So Jesus said, why are y'all weeping and why are y'all wailing? He said, she, she's just sleeping. So he put him out of the house and, of course, raised him up from the dead. And, of course, everybody's excited now. But can you get excited on this side? Hmm? See, there's, there's, an, there's an expression, is all I'm saying, of what you're actually believing. If you're worried about this and you're worried about that, you're worried about that, you say, well, I've cast all my care upon the Lord, then why do you keep talking about your situation? Well, I'm in a transition. Whatever transition, that'll be a promotion. Well, I thought it was going to work another way. Well, your life will be full of that. Hmm? So you can, you can make the, bad, the very best of a bad situation and make it greater than it ever was than what you, than what you thought it was going to be. Hmm? Jesus wants to bless you far greater than you want to be blessed. Amen. And he knows how to do it. Hmm? And he doesn't need, he doesn't really need our input to do it. He just needs us trusting in him. And if you're trusting in him, you know, the, the expression of that is your peace, your, your joy. So that's the self-examination of Romans 15, 3. You know, if you're in faith, do I have peace? Do I have joy? Yeah. So, you know, if, 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 if I hire someone to do my, my lawn, I'm not going to stay home all day long just to make sure it gets done and dress them along clothes because they don't do it. No, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to trust they're going to do it. 
Right? Yeah. I mean, you don't go to a restaurant, you don't go to Longhorns and then put your uh, order in and say, oh, you know, how, 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 how am I going to know they're going to cook it or not? So you, you want to go back? They won't let you do that. So if we cast our care upon the Lord, it's His. This is no longer my care, it's your care. And He knows what He's doing. So, <clears throat> uh, sorrow, uh, sorrow makes it apparent that we're just not believing God. Sorrow says you're not really sure about the word. That's the expression of sorrow. If you're sad and you're sorrowful and you feel you got a heavy heart, um, the honest truth, um, you're not sure that you really believe God, what he said he'll do. Hmm. So sorrow so often is a faith issue because sorrow flows out of unbelief. That's the container it comes out of. And if you don't plug the sorrow hole, more is going to flow. So we got to plug that hole up if it's leaking. We won't go there, but uh, Numbers 11 and Numbers 14, you know, when Israel, God says it's the land of promise, and they sent people over there, and they came back, and they had all the the goods, and says, man, look at the grapes. Look at the fruit. Look, It's just like God said. But then they told another story, didn't they? They says, we can't do it. There's giants live there. And it says, we're just like grasshoppers. We're, we're sitting in defeat. It'll never happen. And they begin to weep and they begin to wail. They said, we've been slaves, our ancestors, for 400 years. And now we're going to die out here in the wilderness. And yeah, here's the fruit. But, but, we, but we can't do this. We can't have this. I mean, look at all they saw coming out of Egypt. I mean, did they forget walking through the Red Sea? Did they forget the ten plagues of Egypt? And they're worried about someone who's six, six, five or seven foot tall? I mean, I don't know how tall they were, but the Red Sea, and then you're worried about someone who's a foot taller than you are. Well, <clears throat> sorrow was the expression of their, of their unbelief. And it really angered God. You know, un, unbelief is evil. Did you know that? I mean, that's what the Bible says. He, he called their unbelief evil. He said, but I said it was this. They said, yeah, but it, it's that, John. He said, but I said it was a good land. And I said, you, you could possess it. And I, and, and I said, I would bring you into the land. And they said, but it can't be done. He says, well, then you're going to have exactly what you say. And they died in the wilderness, everyone 25 and up. Sorrow cost you more than you want to pay. Hmm? You know. Success may cost you some, cost you something, but I'll tell you, uh, to be unsuccessful is going to cost you a whole lot more. So, uh, in Joel 2.22, he talks about uh, believing God and doing something great. God was doing a great thing in his time, in his day. If you want to go read that story, Joel 2, and then you get in the 21st verse, it's about believing God. He said, then I'll do something great. As you're in joy about it. So sorrow is an enemy of faith. Enemy. So when you're, if you ever yield to sorrow, just know this, I'm yielding to unbelief. Because um, if, really, if we're really in faith about it, then we're going to have joy about it. Amen. If you sense sorrow, the red light's on the dashboard. We're, we're staying in stop. Faith level's low. Peace level's low. Joy level's low. I mean, you know, if you got a car with all the gauges on it, you, you, you definitely have an end to pay attention to your, your gas gauge. When it gets low and below low, it don't go. Low and don't go, go together. Full and riding high goes together. So if you're low on peace and you're low on your joy, your faith is not an operation, but your unbelief is. We've got to get it out. So there's a connection between uh, your certainty and your joy, and there's a connection between uncertainty and sorrow. They directly are parallel, and they, but they connect. Uh, Psalms 51.11 says, There is joy in certainty and safety.
I like that. There's joy and certainty and safety, Psalms 5.11. It says, let them ever shout for joy that when things look good or when they, or even if they look bad. Amen. At all times. Bless the Lord when? At all times. Let his praise continually be in our mouth. So when I feel safe and secure and I'm certain about deliverance, That'll just breed joy. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> joy is contagious, but so is unbelief. You've been around someone you're feeling pretty good, and then you hang around them for a few days, and then all of a sudden that spirit try to get off on you. And, I mean, we, we won't mention any names tonight out loud, but I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying it is. It's contagious. And I've been with people before, and they, they, they was in the same situation. I was the worst, and they were, and they were happy. And I was thinking, what's, what's wrong with me? Well, the difference is they were believing God, and I was paying attention to all my circumstances. And you thought they didn't have a care in the world. That's what I told one guy years ago. I said, you act like you don't have a care in the world, and I know your problems. He says, it's because I don't. I said, well, I know you do. He, he said, well, I did until I gave them to God. I'm, so I'm not, I'm not lying. If you gave all your cares to the Lord, do you have any? So if he has them, why, why are we in sorrow? Because we're in unbelief. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Hope y'all having fun out there. Hallelujah. People who's always happy knows God's got their back. Well, there's nothing out there that I need. Well, God said, I'll make one. Hmm? The Red Sea wasn't open. He said, I'll open it. Hmm? So we're not stuck. You're not stuck. We're moving forward all the time. When you trust God, he's your defense. And you're certain, you're safe. You'll always have joy. And you know you do because people usually have a little laughter on them when they're full of joy all the time. Hallelujah. And uh, Psalms 91, you read it. It has threads all through it about people who are sad and people who aren't sad. But how they're, you know, we're, we're under his wing. How the angels have charge to keep us safe. He keeps us safe. And what happens during the day and what happens during the night. He says, you may see it, but it won't come near you. In other words, you may, you may see it close enough to be able to tell them what happened. He says, but it will not be happening to you because you, you trusted in me. You set your love upon me. Therefore, I will be there and I will deliver you out of this trouble. You know, sometimes he just delivers you out of the trouble completely. And sometimes you, you're in the trouble and he just comes in there in the trouble, like going in the, in the line then. Daniel didn't get delivered from it. He just got delivered in it. He didn't know any lying tricks. <laughs> you know, he went down there. With well, Charles Capps book, you know, as he's being lowered down, you will not eat me, you will not eat me, in the name of Jesus, you will not eat me, you will not eat me, and he stayed confessing the word all night. No. So the lion just laid, laid down. <clears throat> you say, well, they must have been trained. They weren't trained because the next morning they took him out and the people who accused him, they put them down there. Oh, that's what it was. They were so full they couldn't eat him by the next morning they wanted breakfast. So they ate all the other people. No, that's not how it happened, was it? You got to know who your God is. John 16, 33 said, I've told you these things. Jesus said, red writing. I've told you these things so that by me you may have perfect peace and confidence in the world. He said, you're going to have tribulations, tests, trials, distresses, and frustration, but be of good cheer. But be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, be certain, for I have overcome your situation. I have overcome the world that you're living in. Think of your worst problem right now that you're facing or you're about to face or whatever it is. He said, I've already been there and I've already overcome the whole thing. I think Mark Hagen said, said this way. He said, man, if you knew what's on the other side of your mountain, he said, you'd be laughing and dancing and shouting. Hallelujah. Well, faith believes, you know, it, it has hope, right? 
So faith believes. So we don't have to be on the other side of the mountain to believe. That's no better than the Israelites saying, it's just like you said, but there's some tall people over there. We can't, we can't do that. Tall people. Wow, wow, wow. So when you engage God, it guarantees your victory. Mm. And that's why the kingdom of righteousness is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy, and the Holy Ghost. That's Romans 14, uh, Romans 14, 17. Those who aren't certain about their safety and they're not certain about their security, their victory will always be with sorrow. Amen. Once again, how do we know we're in faith? According to Romans 15, 13. He said, how are you doing with your, in your peace? How are you doing with your joy in believing? He said, that's exactly how you're doing in your faith. Amen. So if, if your joy is strong, your faith is strong. Hallelujah. Not sure always breeds sorrow. Well, I ain't. Well, mom, I ain't sure. Well, not sure is, is unbelieving. Some people can't make a decision. Decision is the place of power. You got to make a decision. I mean, one guy said, my decision is, he's vacillating back and forth. He says, my decision is maybe, and that's final. Maybe, no. My decision is, it's either yay or nay. Jesus let your yay be a's and your nay be nay's. Amen. If the enemy can affect your life with uncertainty, he will inject you with sorrow. He'll do it every time. Here's one of the most famous statements. You've heard it all your life. And they'll say, you know, you just, you just never know. Well, you shouldn't know. He wants us to know. Right? We have the Holy Spirit. He says, I'll show you all things. I'll teach you all things. The Holy Spirit is not the spirit of you just never know. <laughs> Who lives in you? Just never know. <laughs> What's he saying to you? You know, we just don't ever know. <laughs> These things are just so simple, but it's just so easy when you're just doing life that we, we're living like we just don't know. You got the one who created the whole universe living on the inside of your, of your belly, and we're thinking, well, you just don't ever know, Bob. Sorrow is, the, sorrow is the result of having no assurance of your welfare. And there's no place for it. So if you're sure you're going to win, y'all sure you're going to win? Amen. You ought to rejoice about it. You ought, you ought to be rejoiced about it. Amen? And we'll finish here tonight. Certainly or certainty regarding the Word of God will be your source of joy in times of adversity. The more certain you get, the more joy will manifest. Joy does not come from what we see or how we feel. See, that's, that's called happiness. You say, well, I'm happy today. Well, that's because they have happy circumstances. But you could have terrible circumstances and be full of joy. Right? The Bible says that there was no one happier on the planet than Jesus. He was anointed with the oil of joy above all of his fellows. Even before his death, he said he looked beyond that. He knew why he was here. He looked beyond that. So sometimes, you know, we're in a situation, it may not be a happy thing to go through that we're going through, but we're looking beyond that, right? Amen. How many are looking forward that one day you will be in heaven? Forever. How many I wouldn't mind if tomorrow was that day? Praise the Lord. Some say I wouldn't have to go... Uh, you know, paint the wall or kill, the, kill that spider I've been telling her in, in the corner of the wall or catch that little mouse or whatever it is. Well, <clears throat> that'll be a great day, but until then, we got a lot to get done. So if you want to rid your life of sorrow, then get rid of the uncertainty because that's what it flows out of. Hebrews 10, 34-36 really just says, Joy is going to flow out of your knower. So what do you know? Joy is flowing out of your knower. So what's, what's your knowing, knowing tonight? Verse 34 and verse 6, it said, They took joyfully, this is Hebrews 10, 34, 36, 
paraphrasing, they took joyfully the spoiling of their goods because they knew something. What is it that we know? What is the truth of, of, the, whole, of the whole matter? So our cheerful, cheerful courage has a reward. Our cheerful courage has a reward. My joy, say that with me, so my, joy my joy is not based on what I see or hear or believe from this world. But it's based on what I believe from the Word of God. So here's the deal. So when attacks come and trials come, you got to ask yourself, what do I know? Not what do I feel? Not what do I see? But what do I know? What do I believe? What do I believe? Well, <clears throat> what we believe is this infallible Word that never changes. Never, never, never changes. So we'll, we'll finish tonight where we started. Romans 15, 13. Now may God, the inspiration and the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you're trusting Him. Now remember, uncontainable joy. <laughs> uncontainable joy. Amen. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His supernatural abundance. Wow. Man, I'm going to take that. And if you don't watch it, I'm going to get your portion too. Hallelujah. I used to ask, you know, if you're raised with a bunch of siblings like Mr. Bill was, you know, you know, if you ain't going to eat that, I'm fixing to. <laughs> I learned with my older brother. My mother made sure we prayed at every meal. But I learned one thing about my older brother. Don't you ever close your eyes while they're praying when there's fried chicken up there. Because <laughs> it wasn't the same chicken after prayer as it was before prayer. Amen. It's like I was counting on getting that, you know, that, that breast. And there wasn't nothing but a drumstick left when they, you know, long prayer, no chicken left. <laughs> but God said he, the Holy Spirit's with us. So he's going to continually surround our life with supernatural abundance. So we can just decide to be happy right now, can't we? No matter what your situation is, I, I'm the decider. I can choose life or I can choose death. I can choose blessing. I can choose cursing. I can choose to believe God or I can choose to not believe God. I choose to believe God. I choose to believe the health. I choose to believe the good report. I choose to believe that I can cast all my cares upon the Lord for he cares for me. And when he cares for us, Man, he takes care of us in high style. Amen. God bless you.